Welcome to Candid Conversations with Dr. Mayfield. Here's your host, Trevor Sharon. Hey, hey, we are back, and I am here in the studio not only with Dr. Mayfield, but also uh, a good friend of mine and a therapist here at Mayfield Counseling Center, Shane Stewart. How are you guys doing today? Doing good, doing good. Yeah, it's great to have you, Shane, and excited for this conversation today. Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about uh, a very uh, divisive, dividing uh, topic. It can be, but it it doesn't need to be, of race and racism. Uh, So at the beginning of this podcast, before we started recording, I asked you, Shane, uh, whether or not you wanted to be referred to as uh, an African-American or a black man. Uh, And so I'll ask you again, like, which one which one do you prefer as we kind of explore uh, this conversation about race? So pretty much for me, um, it's really comes down to easy to say African-American. It goes a little deeper than that, but that tends to be a term that uh, most people can at least identify with. However, on a personal level, I'm good with either African-American or black. Uh, it just depends upon uh, who's asking, the moment, and if folks are asking uh, it involved questions and want to know who I am, where I'm from, and what am I about. Explain a little bit more about, you You mentioned um, it goes a little deeper than that, being African-American. What do you mean by that? So that would go into my history as far as uh, my parents are from Belize. Uh, So that is a Central American nation uh, down in the Caribbean. And so from that, I claim Belize, I would be considered then a Caribbean American. But we also know that slaves were taken not just to Americas, uh, North America, but also to Central and South Americas as well. So we do know that their lineage does come from Africa nonetheless. So I refer to myself as African American because it is an easier one-stop uh, beginning start of the conversation, but to those individuals who want to know more, I can go ahead and extend that deeper into my Caribbean roots. I, and I appreciate that. I think one of the things that you and I talk about a lot, Shane, is is um, just not not being afraid to have these conversations with others that are um, different than us. And I think the hard part is is that we've become so. And I want you to speak to this. And this is my own perception. So, but that we've become so. Uh, governed by our political correctness that we are afraid to step into these conversations because we don't think we're going to do it right or do it well. And to me, I think that's, that's even exacerbating this idea of, of racism, the divide between culture and race and, and microaggressions. Would you, would you agree with that? I would definitely agree with that. There is a healthy level of, actually, I would say unhealthy level of fear uh, concerning having these type of conversations as opposed to uh, offending uh, somebody and where they're from. But the reality is that there are many individuals out there, I would say a grand uh, percentage of folks that would want individuals to ask them these questions of where they're from. Who are they? Not what are they? And if we had these conversations and if we had individuals who lend themselves to be more open to willing to step into these deeper waters, then yes, I definitely believe we would have a better way ahead. It got it got it became too politically correct and people are just afraid of asking these questions and having these conversations mark you mentioned uh microaggressions would you mind explain like just de- uh defining that for well, us well, before i go into that i just want to make sure that our listeners know that 
you know, we told you we were going to dive into some stuff and and we want you all to hang with us because I think if we're looking at uh, making our world, uh, and, and when I say our world, it's your neighborhood, your world, your school, your church, uh, or wherever you function, your workplace, uh, you got to hang tight with some of these conversations that might make you feel uncomfortable. And there's going to be some things that we talk about today uh, that might make some of you feel uncomfortable. And my encouragement is just hang with that and ask yourself the question, why am I feeling uncomfortable? And do some, as we've talked about in all of our podcasts, then now do some self-reflection, do some self-awareness, not an accusation. None of this is coming across as an accusation. It's just asking all of our listeners to really go, let's let's consider this because we're not doing it well, uh, in my opinion, in America right now. So going back to the microaggression question, I actually think that's a good question for Shane because I know that as, as a, a, a white man, um, I might try to answer that, but I don't experience it. Uh, in the ways that that maybe Shane does, and so I'd love to have Shane uh, kind of weigh in on that of of maybe this question: What are go back to what Trevor said? What are microaggressions, and and maybe what are some of the most common ones that you experience as an African American man? Oh no, outstanding! So as far as microaggressions, they are uh, things that are said or actions that are done uh, uh, in an indirect way, uh, whether intentional or. Uh, unintentionally uh, towards another ethnic uh, background or minority uh, that tends to uh, put them down in a very low-key way. Uh, one of the ones and where uh, we spoke about before that I encountered was uh, when some folks would come up to me and say, you know, you, you don't act like a normal black man. And that one uh, I, that one, as well as others, uh, definitely speak to what microaggressions uh, I've encountered, that other individuals have encountered, and different minorities, not just the African-American community, um, as far as it, it's almost a put down. It's not almost. It is a put down it, when you sit there and talk about it, because then what does what is that individual's view of what a normal black man is do they have a negative uh, view of it are they falling into the stereotypes do they have previous interactions with other black individuals that uh form their view of what they believe a normal black guy is and at that point how am i different from that norm that you asked the question in that respect so it, it there's definitely very different levels with that and uh definitely we should have those conversations because um how easy would it be for me to come to you and say, uh, you know, you don't strike me as a normal white guy. I, I know we talked about that at lunch today and I'm <laughs> like, yeah, I, I would sit, I would sit with that if you were to ask me that question and go, well, what do you mean normal? Like where, where, do, you know, where do we have the standard of normal, you know, and, and just because I know you, you know, and, and our conversation, the relationship we've, we've built, uh, at this point I wouldn't take offense to it, but if we first met, I'd be like, uh, what, where are you going with that? And I think we don't, I, but I don't slow down. I've not slowed down enough until I got into this field and until I've really done some self-reflection to realize the connotations that something like that question has. And, and one of the things I was going to ask you, um, is, as I'm, I'm just kind of going through some of the questions I had about 10 years ago when I was going through my multicultural class and, and my master's degree program and really coming to grips with some of these things that I needed to own on my own, you know, um, and and that's I think as talking about some of those things like white white privilege and that kind of stuff is a different topic for a different um, broadcast. But um, my thought was, well, then I'm not just going to say anything because I'm going to get it wrong. Like, and that that was my initial response. Going, I, 
I value people. I value the individual sitting across me and I want to get to know more about them, but I don't want it to be a microaggression or I don't want it to stick my foot in my mouth uh, and offend them. And so I'm just not going to say anything, which is, I think if you would, you would agree it was just as bad as everything else we've talked about. So how, how would you encourage our listeners that really go, you know what, I really do want to get to know my neighbor or, or the person sitting next to me at work in the other cubicle, but because they're different than me. Uh, but I don't know how to start the conversation. No, excellent question. As far as, uh, starting the conversation, um, of course, they, if their curiosity is there, if you want to know, uh, I would then go ahead and lean more on that as opposed to leaning towards the fear of not knowing how. Uh, just doing it in an honest, um, affirming way and just come going up to the individual and, and saying, hey, can we have a conversation? It, it would not go, it more likely would not go well if I come up to somebody and say, hey, what are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, but just to, to actually start and say, you know what, I'd like to have this conversation concerning culturalism, multi multiculturalism, and uh, you seem like an individual that I may be able to have a good conversation with. Are you open to that? And I imagine uh, that there are many people that if they hear it along those lines, that that is inviting, that is curious, that is an individual that want to know. Uh, genuinely want to know uh, where they're from and what's going on with them and their experiences in life from a cultural standpoint, that they'll be open to have those conversations. You made some, you may mention uh, as far as part of where you slow, you would slow down in those instances uh, in wanting to ask, I would go ahead and say that there are many individuals uh, from different cultures who actually need to slow down some as well. Uh, we tend, uh, not necessarily we, but there are some individuals I know from African-American community uh, that would respond very, very quickly uh, or too fast uh, instead of wanting to be able to stop and investigate and want to really listen as to the questions that are being asked. I, I think that's good. And I, just reflecting, so I've known you for what, going on four years, uh, really just started to get to become really good friends over the last year. Mm-hmm. And I just remember some of the conversations we had in the car uh, where it'd be a reciprocal thing. You know, it wasn't just a one-sided thing. And I think being uh, being willing and, and able to dive into that conversation and then realize it's it's a relational, reciprocal conversation. But, I, I, um, you know, I know this is something that you've, um, you know, experienced in, in great deal just throughout your life. And I, I, you know, I want – how am I saying this? I, I think I want to ask the question of um, you've told me that you've had to fight two battles to really get to where you're at. And I don't know if necessarily the majority of our listeners understand what that means. Uh, And could you explain that a little bit um, of what that means and kind of how you see it from that perspective? Oh, absolutely. So uh, there's many battles in which I've had to fight, of course, to get here. But the two prominent ones from that conversation, uh, for one, for me, is uh, to battle to um, have a... To not be part of society's view of what a black man is, uh, what an African-American man is. If you take a look at how society views an African-American male or African-Americans in general, it's not necessarily the greatest of positive views. Um, So I had to do battle against that, against the society norms of how they feel I how the, how I look according to them, but then I also had to go against 
some of my own peoples and some of my own uh, uh, African-American roots and African-American brothers and sisters um, as far as them wanting to keep a more um, uh, separatist type of mentality of us against everybody else. And I, I have had to fight against that as well. That's definitely been a struggle in some instances because I'm more of, I've come to a place in my life now where it is more about uh, what can we all do together. Um, definitely more uh, inclusion, having these conversations, talking more about it, crossing a divide because there's definitely many, many different divides and now so more than ever in this heavily politicized environment. Um but what can we do to come across the aisle and understand each other? I may not necessarily agree <laughs> with uh, what another person is saying from a different culture or from within my own culture, but I can do my very best to try my best to understand that. And and some it I believe we need a lot more individuals who are willing to not to, to step back and try to listen and try to understand and see the other side of it and have different, better, more fruitful conversations from that. So, yeah, I've definitely had to go from uh, different um, sides of the stream with that as far as society's view uh, of who I am and how I should grow up or what I look like and within my own culture. So I really just to sum up what I'm hearing you say is for those for our listeners is really don't um, don't don't make assumptions. And I think that's what we do a lot, right? I mean, I, I, it's not just about race and culture, but about a lot of things is we make assumptions about each other and 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 then we base our interactions with that individual based off those assumptions. And and that's not fair. And I don't I don't care who you are, that's not fair. But even more so when it comes to to race and culture, uh, we make those assumptions about your experience or what you had to go through or the fact that you did this X, Y, Z, you know, Oh, absolutely. Um, when when you consider it, just on the surface level, if somebody would take a look at me and they say, "Okay, that's an African American man right there," but that doesn't that's that's not that's definitely not the whole picture. Matter of fact, that's not even uh, a grand percentage of it. Uh, I'm an African American male who grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Now, of course, so you consider from what I said earlier on that my parents are from the Caribbean, that brings in that level of culture. But then there's also the culture of from where I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. And they, that that's different uh, than what my parents brought me into. And then when you consider there are African-Americans in different regions of not just the United States, but the world, they come from different areas and different cultures where if an individual was to make an, an immediate assumption about a person just by the color of their skin, you're discounting, you're discrediting a lot of what makes that person who they are today. Uh, instead, it would be better, in my opinion, uh, just to ask questions uh, instead of making immediate uh, assumptions on who a person is. I can go ahead and walk up and down the street here in Colorado Springs and and make an assumption about uh, another person say, so you look like a Caucasian male. Um, um, uh, you talk to me about uh, um, what, what it's like to be in the Caucasus Mountains. Uh, <laughs> that <laughs> that, that makes no sense because right. uh, but that's how it oftentimes is for individuals in minorities i mean i can go ahead and speak as far as from um what i've heard from other brothers and sisters from the latino culture and where that they they receive uh, a lot of individuals that say what is it like to be mexican when they're 
that person that they're asking that is really Cuban. There's differences, there's variances, there's cultures that are important to an individual. And we need to get to a place where we're not assuming about a person, but we're asking them who they are, not what they are. This sounds super familiar to one of our first conversations on this podcast was just that conversations are about sharing information and learning to understand the other person and not about being right, not about proving a point, but just understanding. And I'm, I'm realizing as we're having this discussion and as you're talking, Shane, that uh, this is true of some of these deeper conversations too, some of these harder conversations of uh, it's not about being right or wrong. It's just about understanding. My goal in a conversation with you is going to be to understand where you came from, what your heritage is, how that makes you who you are. Well, just being curious. And I think, you know, I could, I'm not trying to insert myself into our listeners' heads, but I'm, I'm thinking that they're probably thinking right now, okay, so if I don't want to make the mistake of saying, you know, what are you or, you know, those kinds of things, what would be an inter, what would be a, um, a good lead in question if you're curious about the person sitting across from you? and their heritage and their culture? Uh, That's a good question. So for me, um, of course, that would depend upon how well you know the individual, first of all. As far as uh, uh, strangers are concerned, that individual may not be having the greatest of day of an individual coming up to them and saying, hey, talk to me about who are you and (laughs) where are you from and such. They may not be in the right mind frame in that moment for stranger to stranger, but if you know the person, I'd imagine that if you came up to them and, you know, just and sat down with them and just talked to them about their day. And it, as far as in a leading question, uh, you actually preface it by saying, hey, I would like to know about who you are and what culture you claim and where what culture you come from. Uh, I would like to know. Uh, I would imagine that would go very well um, to at least start it that way. I think that that's really beneficial. Um, and I know there's a, there's a lot of questions I have right now, and I know we're getting close to the end of our podcast for this episode. And, and I invite our listeners to come back and listen to next week's episode too, because we're going to continue this conversation. Um, but I, I think really, Shane, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just throw this out there. And if we need to come back um, and, and really come back and uh, continue this conversation at the next episode, but one of the things I hear all the time, and when I teach the multicultural class at um, at the university that I teach at, or I've engaged with counselors in a multicultural conversation, I hear this statement time and time again. And I know we've had this conversation. I know I've talked to others about this you know, this topic. But uh, what what does it feel like, or what do you think through, or how do you take when somebody, and I think in some ways is well-meaning and genuine, but says, you know, I don't see color, I just see the person. For me personally, I've come to a point in my my life and where I pretty much find that insulting um, because that's that's discrediting. That's ignoring um, a part of me, a part of what makes who I am and where I come from it, to go ahead and say that you don't see color. Then what are you really seeing? Uh, what are we really looking at? 
Um, if you came back with a standpoint of, well, I see a human. Okay, good. We can start there. But as far as seeing color, I would want an individual to see that I am dark skinned. I would want an individual to go ahead and see that that's part of my makeup and that's part of who I am. And then, you know what? We can talk about that. We can talk about the melanin in my skin and where I don't have to go ahead and put much sunblock on, especially out here in Colorado. I can go ahead and talk about uh, the different shades of, of, of blackness that are in different people. And of course, the different shades of, of Caucasian people as well. Some folks, my wife, my wife is Caucasian and she absolutely cannot, uh, as a redhead, she cannot be out in the sun too long because, you know, the sun affects her differently than my skin. So for those individuals that have it in their mind to think that they're not being offensive by saying that they don't see color, I would gently say that, uh, please see color, absolutely see color because it makes, that's a part of that individual. And then if you see the color, try to see, uh, what makes that individual unique, um, special, how they see themselves in their own color, where their securities are in the midst of that, because there are some individuals out there that are not secure in their own color as well. But having these conversations can lead to good play, good and great places of healing. So that's what uh, that's what I would say to that is that, no, see my color, see where I'm from and then ask the questions. We can get longer, better, greater conversations uh, if you actually see that part of me. So just to kind of sum up this, because I know I want to continue this conversation next episode, but it's really, uh, I'm hearing a sense of curiosity. I'm hearing a sense of honesty, vulnerability, but also humility. Uh, and I think we've, we, we lose those things in just general conversations, right? I mean, just about not as deep topics about this kind of stuff, right? But I think those things can still apply. And and one of the things that I want to come back to it, with this color, this conversation about seeing color, uh, it it applies to me as a white man too, and I and I didn't realize that, and that, I think that's something that I really came to grips with about ten years ago. Going, oh, it's it's not that it 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 it, it uh, excludes me and includes everybody else. It includes me too. And what does that mean for me as a man, as a father, as a husband, as uh, and as a white, you know, as a white man, and what does my whiteness have to do? And I think that's where we get politically freaked out because, you know, we start talking like that and you're like, well, you're, you're this or you're that. And I'm like, no, we just need to have that honest conversation. So I, I just, that's kind of what I've heard throughout this time today. And I really appreciate Shane, you come in and just being um, vulnerable and honest, uh, but really want our listeners to go, this is not, this should not be a, uh, uh, a scary topic to, to, to broach. It might take some courage, but once you're in it, it's, it's awesome. It's life-giving. It's, it's stretching, it's encouraging and we need to have them. Yes. And this is the way that the divide is going to be bridged. Not politically. It's, it's through relationship that this kind of stuff is going to uh, bridge the gap in my opinion. So Shane, thank you for being here for this one. And uh, we we're excited to have you on the next episode. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Of course. And uh, thank you for listening. Uh, join us next week as we continue this conversation around race and racism and uh, dig a little bit deeper into these conversations. 
Thank you for joining Candid Conversations. If you would like more information, go to mayfieldcounseling.com slash Candid Conversations. And check out our Facebook page, Candid Conversations with Dr. Mayfield.